Well, we can close in prayer and go home and feel satisfied, amen? But y'all pay me to preach, so I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> Our message today is about something that we need as we approach God. And it's something that God offers us freely. In fact, in our text in Ephesians chapter 2, it teaches us that God is rich in this. In other words, he, he abounds in it. It's endless. He has an, an, an inexhaustible supply. Our message today is on mercy. God's mercy changes everything for you. And understanding mercy is often difficult for people because we tend to be of a generation of, I'll get him for that, or I hope they get what they deserve and then some. Many have developed a nature of harsh criticism, wanting people to get what they have coming to them. Mercy, by its very meaning, is to be looked upon by God, not as we deserve to be looked upon, but looked upon favorably. This is what mercy is all about. That's why I say it's one of the greatest needs that we have, greater than most any other, because without it, we could never come close to God. We can never even seek his face. We could never depend on him. We could never call him our heavenly father. Beloved, we need mercy. God's mercy. Mercy is, is at the heart of the Christian faith. Stand with me as we read to today's word because mercy is at the heart of the Christian faith. And listen to what the Holy Spirit says about mercy in these first words of our text. We're in Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading at verse 4. He says, God, who is rich in mercy because of his love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved and raised us up together. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father again we just pray that you would open our eyes. To behold wonderful truths out of your law. Especially in this area of your mercy O oh God. Help us to understand it. Help us to display to others the mercy that we have received from you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The reason that I want to bring this message today is because I want us to truly understand mercy. And I know what you're thinking. We know what mercy is. We hear about it a lot. We use it in our prayers. We sing about it in our songs. Well, here's the danger of all of that. It becomes just a part of our language. It, it just becomes jargon for many Christians. You know, we use a lot of jargon. My wife and my daughter, they are both school teachers. And when they get together, they speak jargon. 
I call it that because I don't understand what they're saying. Same thing at, at work. Nurses. Nurses. We have a meeting every morning and all the nurses are talking. They spell things. I think they're trying to make it sure that I don't know what they're saying. They're talking about me. I just know it. Because they, they use letters. We use a lot of jargon. But when it comes to mercy, I do not want it to become just jargon. I want to make sure that we understand, that we grasp, that we appreciate what we are singing about, what we're talking about, what we're praying about. Now imagine, just for a moment, you're in a courtroom. If you notice the title, When Mercy Walked In, this was a song by Gordon Moat. And uh, he, he's picturing this scene of the courtroom. And, and, and it's a well-known scene. We, we see it on TV. We think about it as we talk about the final judgment. We're, we're going to stand before the judge. Imagine you're trying to argue your case for acceptance by God and entry into heaven. What would you say? How would you plead your case? Would you, would you say, uh, have an argument would you plead guilty? Would you plead not guilty? You know perfectly well that you're guilty, that you're deserving of separation. But then all of a sudden, the door opens. You've seen, the, you've seen um, Perry Mason, right? Oh, the older ones have. They, they remember that show. Um, what, what's a new uh, Law and Order? I don't like that show much. But anyway, you know, the defense is over here and the, and the prosecutor is over here. The judge is on his throne and, and the judge is talking to you and he says, how do you plead? And you're standing there and you're shaking because you don't know what to do. And you hear the door open. It's not Barnaby Jones. Who's that? What was his name? Well, Perry Mason, but the one who played, ah, it don't matter. It, it's not a part of any of this. But the door opens and in walks your lawyer in walks Jesus Christ himself the judges just ask how do you plead and he interrupts the court he says your honor I find him not guilty you're thinking how in the world did you find me not guilty October 10th he asked Jesus he asked me into his heart I forgave him of his sins and because of that he is not guilty what an amazing amazing thing when mercy walks in there's a there's a part of that song that says mercy walked in and pleaded my case god called to the stand god's saving grace the blood was presented that covered my sin forgiven when mercy walked in my chains were broken i felt born again the moment that mercy walked in. In our message this morning, I want to show you what mercy does. Does for us and, and what we can look forward to if we accept God's mercy. Number one, the first thing mercy does is mercy brings forgiveness. It was mercy that got the ball rolling for our salvation. You see, God wanted to give us what we do not deserve love mercy grace they're all factors in our salvation but with all of that we have a problem with mercy and grace and love of god 
The problem is us. We're, we're the problem. Our pride is a hindrance to receiving God's grace, to realizing God's love. The Bible says that salvation is a free gift of God. That's what mercy is. That's what mercy does. It causes the gift of salvation to be free. We did not deserve it, warrant it, want it. We don't like things that are free. A lot of us don't like things that are free. We don't understand what things are free. Because we have had too many phone calls where they say, we're going to send you on a free cruise. Really? It's only going to cost you about $5,000 by the time it's all over with. No, we want things that we earn. We want things that we work for. Something that, that uh, just fires up our pride is, is things like mercy and grace. There are people all over the world, maybe some right here in the sanctuary, that are thinking that they're going to be able to approach God on their own merit. It's just human nature to think that way. It's human nature to be proud, but what the Bible tells us, teaches us is that um, our, all of our illusions are shattered to think that way. To think that you can approach God on your own, on your own merit, for your salvation is an illusion. Even when you are at your best, your absolute best, it's not enough to please God. God said, Romans 8, 8, says, So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Isaiah Chapter 64, you're familiar with verse 6. It says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. So no matter what you try to do to be good enough, it's like being a filthy rag. And so if we're to ever have a relationship with God, our primary need, our first need is well, we need to be forgiven. Whatever else our needs may be, and there may be many, the most important need is to be forgiven. And yes, God will certainly help us in other areas of life, but first and foremost, we need forgiveness of our sin. And that's where a merciful God steps in. Sin, sin is a relationship breaker, you know that. How many times, if you can even count them, have your, your difficulties, your sins cause you problems in relationships? And we know that all is true. Well, how much more so in our relationship with the Lord? All of us know sin is a relationship breaker. But God's mercy means that he does not treat us as our sin deserves, which means that we can have a, a restored relationship with him because through mercy, we can be forgiven. The second thing that mercy does is it comes to us without limits. Our text says that God is rich in mercy, abundant, without end. David talks about mercy without limits in Psalm 86, verse 5, when he says, "Lord, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those who call it. See, David is talking about a, God has a readiness to forgive 
God has a, a readiness to pour out mercy upon you abundantly. God's mercy is abundant. It's boundless. It has no measure. It's hard for us to imagine something without bounds. We have finite minds. We live in a finite world. The, the concept of infinity is, is pretty abstract. But God's mercy knows no limit. In fact, so great is God's mercy that it is almost inexpressible. We have had writers for thousands of years trying to tell us about God's mercy, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's grace, and, and we fall short because there's no limit to the power of his mercy. There's no one who is beyond the mercy of God. I think that as we think about this for ourselves, from us, we all have something that we just don't like. And I don't mean like broccoli or anything. There, there's, some, there's some things that people do that we just don't like. I think about murder. You know, how could somebody take another person's life? Think about child abuse. How, how could anyone hurt an innocent child? So we have our limits to mercy. We think that they ought to get what they deserve. But God has no limit. There is not one person on death row, not one person who is living in prison for life that God does not love. There is not one thing that you have done that God in his mercy will not forgive and cleanse you of it. God's mercy is without limit. Number three, mercy is available to all. God's mercy is available to everyone. You know, when he encouraged us to come to pray, he said in Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 16, he said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Any sinner can come to the throne of God. The thief on the cross, he, he was just moments away from death when Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. The demoniac of Gadarene was at his worst when Jesus came to him and set him free. When God tells us in this passage that we've been looking at that his mercy is available to all, who call upon him. You know, we, we get caught up in doctrine and theology, and all that's important. We can't neglect it. But then we begin to argue and discuss and, and, and to try to, you know, uh, sort out all of those doctrines. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who, who can do it better? Well, then we get all messed up. And sometimes we lose sight of the fact that the offer of God's mercy is free and available to all because we start putting in our pre-thought. We start putting in how we feel, you know, about broccoli and all that. And why do they even grow that stuff? No, I love broccoli. I'm, there's so many people who don't like broccoli. I don't, I don't understand that. Broccoli's wonderful. We're not talking about broccoli. Let us not limit God's mercy. If you are going to share your faith, you're to share your faith the way Jesus died on the cross. It was for everyone, 
whosoever will. We're not to hold it back from that person at work that we don't like, that rubs us the wrong way. We don't, we don't not give the invitation to someone that doesn't look like us or act like us. It's for everyone. And we need to display God's mercy in our life. If we're not careful, you can, in your own mind, in your own life, and in your, even in the church life, mess up this area of mercy. Whenever we feel deep down that there are certain people that somehow are beyond God's mercy, that's a lie. It's available to all. So don't place any limits upon God's mercy. It's not our right to do so. That belongs to God himself, and God said, whosoever will. And along that same line, number four, mercy is guaranteed to us all. You know, when you buy something down at Lowe's or even at Walmart, um, it'll come with some kind of a guarantee. And you read that guarantee, and there's, there's a, you know, a two-year unlimited warranty asterisk, you know, a little star. And then you have to take and find the fine print. What does that mean? Then you read that, and you really realize not much can really happen to this thing that they're going to replace it. No matter what, they're, they're going to have a loophole. For us, though, with God's mercy, it's, it's guaranteed. There's no asterisk. There's, there's no condition. There's no fine print. Just back a couple pages from our text in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, it says, In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You've trusted Jesus Christ. You have received that gospel. You have been saved. You believe. And you are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Beloved, when we are born again, we were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. And with the Spirit, we see a merciful God. We see the free and abundant mercy he showered upon us. It's guaranteed. How refreshing to hear that God's mercy is guaranteed. In Psalm 86, verse 7, says, In the day of my trouble, David said, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. See, David is absolutely certain, absolutely certain of God's response. There's no question. No doubt in his mind. For us as born-again believers, there's no doubt, there should be no doubt in your mind that God hears us and that God shows us mercy. Because when we read Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and that's just an echo of what Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. That's a guarantee of God's mercy. Whosoever. Beloved, God's mercy is so wonderful, available, unbelievable, actually. God looks upon everyone in his love, his grace, and his mercy. Our sin is great, but God's mercy is greater. Our sin is enormous, but God's grace 
His mercy is boundless. Our sin drives a wedge between ourselves and God. Yet God's mercy is freely available to all who call upon him. And it comes with a solid lifetime guarantee. Oh, I pray that you would call upon God. Because one day, beloved, you will stand before that judge. The accuser of the brethren will be right there. And he'll have a whole list of sins and crimes that you've committed. Everything you thought, everything you did. But your advocate with the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, will stand up. And he will stand up for you and say to the Father, No, this is my child. We have received him and he has received us. He is a part of our family. And God will look at you and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I hope you have that peace this morning. And if you don't, we want to give you that opportunity to have that peace, to be saved. Our text says to you, God is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, in other words, dead in our sin, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you can be saved today. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your mercy, for your love, for your grace. God, without your mercy, we would have never been able to be here this morning. There was never a time that we could even approach your throne in prayer. But God, you are a merciful God, a holy God, yes. A God of justice, yes, that will all be meted out, but you are a God of mercy, grace, and love. I ask you, Jesus, to help us to understand what that truly means beyond what we sing, but really what mercy is for us. And God, I pray that we would share that mercy with everyone. And Lord, if there's someone here today that does not know you as Savior, let today be the day of salvation for them. 